Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. Buckle up. We're going to have a fun episode today as we're continuing to deal with Mormonism. Maybe not, I shouldn't say fun, but just a lot of detail. And I know we've gone over some interesting things about Mormonism, but what I'm about to go over today is really going to blow your mind because of how drastically different and how drastically they depart from the scriptures. And today we're going to be looking at and dealing with uh, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, our Savior. But how do the Mormons view Jesus? And we say this sometimes in Christendom that, well, the Mormons worship a different Jesus. And they would say we they don't, but uh, from their own doctrine and what they believe about Jesus, they believe in a false Christ uh, and that that false Christ doesn't even atone for their sin. They must atone for their own. So let's start at the beginning here. So we, of course, believe that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and we'll get into that phrase here in just a minute, uh, that he is the Son of God. He always has been, always will be, uh, born in the flesh of a virgin, uh, lived a perfect life, and suffered and bled and died, uh, suffered and bled and died to atone for the sins of the entire world and all mankind for all of history. And uh, that's a very important distinction. That's an essential doctrine. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe in the Christ of the Bible. But the Mormons teach something different. Remember, they believe that God, Elohim, uh, that name's going to be very, very important, so keep that in mind. Elohim is a biblical name for God. Jehovah is another biblical name for God. However, they make a distinction between Elohim and Jehovah, which I'll explain in just a moment. Uh, but that Elohim was created was a created man, flesh and bone, um, and uh, in eventually ascended to the ability to be God, and so he's the God of our existence, the God of our universe, uh, and that man, uh, we are in, we have three stages, that uh, there's pre-mortality, whereas we, are, we lived in the spirit realm, and then we did enough good things in the spirit realm to be born into mortality, so that we could be tempted with the trials and tribulations of a mortal body. Uh, then there's post-mortality, where we will Go back to the spirit realm after our death, but with a physical body, uh, and eventually we'll do enough uh, good things, and we'll eventually reach uh, godhood. That's the Mormon plan of salvation, and that's what their idea is. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, we are all uh, spirit brothers and sisters, and that Elohim had uh, spirit children uh, in the pre-existence, and the first one of those was Jesus, uh, Lucifer being another, uh, and also believe the angels are his spirit children. We just are all related, but we all have different roles, which is completely not what the Bible teaches, that uh, angels are a different kind than man. Man is different entirely from angels, uh, and Jesus always has been, always will be, the only difference, uh, the di- not I say the only, but uh, the difference between man and Jesus is that uh, man and Jesus have a mortal body, but Jesus is God, where man can never be God, and that's very clearly explained in the scriptures. Uh, but that so Jesus and Lucifer are spirit brothers. Uh, Lucifer took the bat, was the black sheep of the family, took rebelled against Elohim and was cast down. Jesus, uh, being. Uh, Obeying and following the truth uh, was eventually he reached godhood. 
Uh, and so they believe that Jesus is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. So we would call them polytheists because they believe in multiple gods, but they say they're not because they worship only Elohim. They do not worship Jesus or pray to Jesus, only to Elohim, because they make a distinction between Elohim and Jehovah, where in the Old Testament those are both uh, names for God, the same God, Jehovah God, the one and true and living God. But in Mormonism, they make that distinction that Elohim uh, is Father God and that Jehovah is another name for Jesus, the spirit child of Elohim, which is completely crazy, completely no Bible for any of that, but that's what they believe. So now you see where Jesus is now no longer eternal God who always has been and always will be. Now he has a beginning. Who now makes Jesus a liar? Said I have I'm the Alpha and Omega, the <coughs> the first and the last. Uh, so they get that from saying, well, he was the first, uh, the first, and yes, he was involved in creation because he achieved Godhood, but he was the first spirit child, and that he was born into mortality. That um, father, uh, a physical father, God uh, procreated with uh, Mary. To to birth Jesus into this world, just it's crazy. It's crazy. Which we are given in the Bible what happened there that he was born of the Holy Ghost in Mary's womb. Um, but they try to use two verses, so we're going to look at a couple of verses, uh, two verses specifically that they try and say, well, this proves that uh, Jesus was created. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 2.7 is one. As I would declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Now we know that, and also John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it says here, begotten has the idea of uniqueness. One of a kindness does not have the same idea, especially when you look at it in the original languages. Does not have the idea of that he was procreated, but that expresses uniqueness. And so that is when Jesus said that to Nicodemus, uh, that uh, his only begotten, his unique, one-of-a-kind uh, son. Also, uh, he says he's the firstborn. Uh, we see that described as well. That is an uh, idiom, especially in Eastern culture, uh, meaning first uh, in importance, in preeminence, that Christ and all things may have the preeminence. Uh, that firstborn uh, talks about that because we see that King David uh, use this in Psalm 89, 27. So let's look there in Psalm 89, verse 27, uh, King David describing himself. And uh, we know the birth order of, of uh, David here, but let's look, read the verse, Psalm 89, verse 27. Also, I will make him my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth. Uh, we look at this, and yes, we look at this. Some people say that is a, a, a prophecy concerning Jesus. It is. But also, looking through the rest of the Psalms, description of David, we know that David wasn't the firstborn. He was the lastborn. But what is this saying? It means first in preeminence among the people of Israel and above among the kings of the world even at that time. Uh, and so we see that firstborn doesn't mean birth order, literal birth order. It means preeminence. Uh, it's an idiom. So him being the last one in Jesse's family is called the firstborn here in Psalm 89. So them taking those particular phrases about Jesus and saying, well, he's begotten and he's the firstborn and putting a bad hermeneutic, a bad interpretation. Well, in Acts 13, 33, we just looked at Psalm 2, 7. 
as of this day have I begotten thee. Uh, but if you look in the book of Acts, in Acts 13, 33 and 34, so we'll look there, Acts 13, verses 33 and 34, what does it say? God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said, on this wise, I'll give you the sure mercies of David. So what's being talked about here? What is the begotten even speaking of in Psalm 2-7? It's about bringing back to life again the resurrection. So we don't need to wonder what was being said there. It was speaking of the resurrection to come. The scripture interprets scripture, but the Mormons don't do that. They enforce their own ideas into scripture and make scripture say something it does not say. Uh, so, uh, we, that Jesus, we see here, while Mormons teach that Jehovah and Elohim are two distinct gods, which Elohim, Elohim being the greater the Father and Jehovah the lesser Jesus, Scripture indicates that these names refer to the same God. Okay, In Genesis 27, 20, for example, Isaac tells uh, his son, the Lord Jehovah, your God, Elohim. Okay, Both mentioned in the same, uh, same verse. So it's talking about the same God, God the Father. and. <clears throat> Excuse me. That very clearly illustrates that they're just simple, different names for God that describe different attributes. But once again, just poor interpretation of Scripture and just poor, uh, just just poor scholarship. Uh, and also, so they say that Jesus um, should not be worshipped and should not be prayed to. While Jesus as God was worshipped and prayed to, we see that Jesus accepts the worship from Thomas in John 20, 28, and from the angels in Hebrews 1, 6, and uh, the wise men in Matthew 2, 11, a leper in Matthew 8, 2, a ruler in Matthew 9, 18, a blind man in John 9, 38, an anonymous woman, we don't know who she is, in Matthew 15, 25, by Mary Magdalene and the other Mary in Matthew 28, 8, and 9, and the disciples in Matthew 28, 16, and 17. All these verses contain the Greek word for worship, and it's used for worshiping the Father throughout the New Testament. So that they said that Jesus is not prayed to or worshiped in the Bible. It's just a completely false idea, and we ought to worship at the feet of Jesus. Uh, we see that in Revelation, uh, that we should worship at the feet of Jesus and pray to him. He makes intercession for us. Uh, and we see it in Acts 7.59 and Romans 10.12 where there are prayers directly addressed to Jesus in the New Testament. So over, the evidence is overwhelming and their ideas simply don't hold up when we look at Scripture for what it is. Uh, but one very important fact, one very important fact here, and I mentioned this earlier, that they believe that Jesus as the second Adam, as described in the New Testament, died to atone for the sin of the first Adam, but not for the sins of all mankind, that we must atone for our own sin. So that's where the work salvation comes in, that Jesus only died, atoned for Adam's sin, but that he was not capable of atoning for, uh, uh, atoning for the sins of all mankind. Well, that's not, a, not what the Bible says. You know, Isaiah 53, 6, uh, let's look over there, Isaiah 53 in verse number 6, and it talks about, we know this verse, about uh, talks about all we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of Adam. Well, it doesn't say that. It says, of us all, of everyone. 
That's super clear in the scriptures. Uh, we see John the Baptist as a behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He didn't, he didn't say take away the sin of Adam. So it takes away the sin of the world. We've been forgiven and redeemed in Christ. We're justified in Christ. We're reconciled in Christ. And we're saved in Christ. All through the New Testament in Ephesians, Corinthians, Colossians, Hebrews. So, so clear. Uh, so we are not, uh, Jesus and Lucifer are not spirit brothers. Jesus was not created. Uh, he is eternal God. Elohim and Jehovah are the same God. Uh, Jesus is not the Jehovah of the Old Testament, uh, as they claim. Uh, and also, but at the same time, we know that Jesus is God, is both Jehovah and Elohim. Uh, so they make that distinction that they're two separate gods. But remember, all one God, three persons in one. So in the same sense, Jehovah, it, Jesus is both Jehovah and Elohim. So that is where the Trinity comes in. So that is so amazing to see. But they try and make a human distinction. So today, I know this episode has been a bit longer. So uh, we know that salvation is by believing in him alone with no works involved. As the Mormons teach, we must atone for our own sin. We cannot. Our sin, our, our good works are filthy rags before God. There's no none righteous, no, not one. Only Jesus can save. So that is the lie from the pit of hell, that Jesus only atoned for Adam's sin, but didn't atone for all mankind. What a vicious, wicked lie from the pit of hell. Let's remember to worship the same Jesus, and let's remember that Mormonism is not the way of truth. It is a deception from de the devil. Get into the Bible. Believe what the Bible says. Don't interpret the Bible the way you do want it to be interpreted, but to uh, simply uh, take God's word for what it says and let it say what it says. Let it interpret itself, and you can never go wrong with that. Well, thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to subscribe, and we're going to continue on. Only a couple more episodes here, probably two or three more about Mormonism, then we'll move on to something else. But I hope this has been an encouragement to you, and I'll see you next time.